It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. On Tuesday, the Barracuda began a stretch of four games over a five-day period against the Texas Stars. The second of the two games scheduled for Wednesday was a makeup game for a meeting originally scheduled for February 16th in Texas, but the game was postponed due to inclement weather. The Barracuda entered Tuesday's game coming off a 5-1 win against the Ontario Reign on Sunday in Southern California. But the Stars exploded out of the gates, scoring four times in the opening period. One-time Buffalo Sabre Nick Baptiste got things going for the Stars with his 11th of the year at 10.50 of the opening period. He intercepted and returned back to center, but Markinson and the Stars are quickly back into the offensive zone. Damiani back door and they score. Nick Baptiste taps it home. It doesn't get any easier than that. A beautiful feed by the youngster, Damiani. Then five minutes later, Anthony Lewis joined the party, making it 2-0 stars. The stars, Schneider for Lewis, trailing shot scored as he beats Melnichuk just over the left pad. It is a 2-0 lead for the Texas Stars. Entering Tuesday, the Stars had struggled on the power play, but that would all change at 1801 of the first. Rookie Scott Reedy was called for high sticking and then on the ensuing power play, Stars captain Cole Schneider would tip in a Ben Gleason shot to give the Stars a 3-0 lead at 1837. Over shot right up Main Street and the puck ends up in the back of the net. Ben Gleason had to come right to him as the Barracuda tried to clear the puck up the middle of the ice. 27 seconds later, former Stars number one draft pick Riley Tufty would score to give Texas a 4-0 lead heading into the first intermission. Three goals during that stretch. Did not play on Saturday as down that right wing. Here's another chance right at the end of the period and they score. It's 4 to nothing, Texas. Entering Tuesday. The Barracuda had shown an ability to dig themselves out of early holes. On three separate occasions this season on home ice, the Barracuda have fallen into two-plus goal deficits before coming back to win, including falling down 3-0 to Ontario on February 27th in the first period before winning 6-3. Another comeback looked in store for the Barracuda on Tuesday, as they would score twice on the power play in the first four minutes in 11 seconds of the second period to cut Texas's lead down to 4-2. to two. Robbie Russo began the scoring by snapping an 18-game goalless drought at 2.52 of the second. Chemilevsky drops it for Blickfeld. Shot, he missed the mark, came back off the wall. Russo, he scores. Robbie Russo fires the puck off the backboards, picks the top corner. It's a power play goal, and the Barracuda 
have cut into the lead, and it comes with five seconds remaining on the first minor, so they'll still have a minute and 45 seconds of power play time. Then Maxim Latunov continued his strong play, netting his seventh of the year at 4-11. Most recent goal here in this second. Here's a chance for a Blitfeld. They score! It just trickled through, and the Barracuda have cut the lead in half, and Maxim Latunov continues his hot streak. He's got his seventh of the year. But the comeback was not meant to be, as the Stars answered back in the second period with goals from Adam Maskren and Josh Melnick. In the third, Maskren would score again late at 18.02 to complete the Stars' 7-2 win. The Stars would end their night 3-for-4 on the power play on Tuesday handing the Barracuda their first regulation loss in San Jose all season long. Here was Barracuda assistant coach Michael Chason after Tuesday's game. You want to say that they did a lot of things right, but we weren't good enough from start to finish. And, you know, when you when you dig yourself a hole like that, you know, you, it's hard to come back. Yes, we had a couple power play goals. And, you know, yes, we had a couple chances early in the game that might have made it seem a little bit closer. But after rewatching the game, we were not good enough. And we're looking for a 60-minute effort tonight from a from a more determined group that'll give us a chance to win. On Wednesday, the Barracuda wore their home jerseys. They sat on the home bench, but they were considered the road team. The only tangible difference in the game was the fact that the Stars would get last change. The game would remain scoreless until 1938 of the first as Michigan State product Jared Rosberg broke the ice with his first of the year and his first in his last 26 AHL games. Number one draft pick of the Dallas Stars a couple years ago. Here comes Maskrin, left wing side, Rosberg, and he scores. Picks the top right corner, short side. It will not be a power play goal. Came right after the power play expired. A perfectly placed shot. Down by a goal. The Barracuda managed to tie up the score at 9.05 of the second as Ivan Djokovic would find the back of the net for the first time this season and the first time in the AHL since March of 2020. 11 minutes remaining in the second. Power play is over. The Barracuda 0 for 2 on the man advantage. There's a quick shot. Djokovic, he scores! And we are tied back up at 1-1 as Ivan Djokovic has his first of the season. Two minutes and 20 seconds later, Joachim Blitfeld would race up the left wing on a breakaway and snap one top shelf far side for his team-leading 11th goal of the year and his first goal in his last seven games. And now Shemalevsky will back into a head. It's going to be a breakaway. Here comes Blitfeld, moves in, shot, scores! And Joachim Blickfeld rips a monkey off his back with an emphatic celebration, and the Barracuda have a 2-1 to lead. The Stars would go on a five-on-three power play in the second as the Barracuda took their fourth and fifth penalties of the night, and Ben Gleason would cash in to tie the game up at 2-2. In the third at 10:48, tied at 2-2, Maxim Latunov broke the deadlock with his eighth of the year to give the Barracuda back their lead at 3-2. Schneider will backhand it back up ice. Latunov intercepts. Djokovic has to tag up. Now Weinger. He's got a man in Chikovich, was falling center to front, they score! What a setup feed Chikovich for Maxim Latunov, who continues his red-hot pace. Latunov would seal the victory with an empty netter at 19. Here was head coach Roy Sommer after Wednesday's victory. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a lot better than it was last night. I thought, uh, 
we managed the puck a lot better through the neutral zone and I thought we got some good licks in on our four check you know caused some turnovers and gave us some zone time and um, didn't really stay out of the box like we did last night I mean their power play has been kind of eating us up but uh, we had some good kills and that we did a good job on the six on five at the end and and when we needed to save, Sammy was there for us. You know, we didn't get those last night. After a day off on Thursday, the Barracuda and Stars were back at it on Friday. This time, though, with the game taking place at SAP Center. Leon Bergman would get his first of the season and get the Barracuda on the board. For the second-year pro, it was his first goal in his last 23 AHL games. Berkeley, a backhander from the high slot. Save is made by Point, and he's able to kick it aside. No, it's under his pad. They score! his first of the season. But Texas's Josh Melnick would tie it up at 13-13 of the first. Tied at 1-1 in the second, the AHL's top rookie Riley Damiani would tip one in to give the Stars their first lead at 2-1. Rosberg scored on Wednesday. Now Melnick, there's a shot and it's just over the net by Schneider. Then it came back off the glass off of the goaltender and it's a good goal for the Texas Stars. The Barracuda are arguing it's a high touch. In just his third game in the AHL, Steen Pashnuk would bury his first of his professional career to level the score at 2-2. Pass is taken away by Steen Pashnuk. Carries it back up ice. Hands off for Gallant. Tried to return it back to Steen Pashnuk. Now he tracks down his own puck. And out goes into the back of the net. It's a goal for Steen Pashnuk. This fourth line comes through again, and we are tied at 2-2. Here was Pashnik after the game talking about that moment. Yeah, it was great. I mean, that's, you know, stuff you dream of as a kid. So uh, it was super special. I had a bunch of family watching the game. So um, for it to happen on this night, it was just great. Um, you know, definitely a moment you don't get to experience every day, a feeling you don't get to experience. So just pure happiness and joy. Tied at 2-2, it was again Melnick who would give the Stars the lead. But two minutes and 56 seconds after Melnick's goal, Evan Weinger would carry the puck up ice on a two-on-one and fire one through the five-hole to tie the game up at 3-3. Into the Barracuda zone. Now Brinson Pashnik up that far wall. Touched along for Weinger. Weinger will collect it in strike. Carries it down the wing. He's got Latunov who opens up. Weinger shoots. He scores! Tied at 3-3, Bergman would race in on the forecheck, win a 50-50 battle behind the Stars' net, centered it in front to Scott Reedy, who pounded in his second of the season to give the Barracuda a 4-3 lead. Barracuda will make a change behind the play. Good pressure, Bergman centered in front. Reedy, he scores! Alex True would add the empty netter to complete the 5-3 San Jose win. 
Two games above 500 for the first time since March 9th. The Barracuda entered Saturday searching for their first three-game winning streak of the year. But after a scoreless first, Stars captain Cole Schneider will give Texas a 1-0 lead on the power play at 2.06 of the second. Then Joe Ciccone would make it 2-0 Stars at 5-14, snapping a 22-game goalless drought. Down by two, the Barracuda would go on the power play in the second period, and Scott Reedy would make it back-to-back games as he tipped in a Ryan Merkley point shot. Ended up getting to him, back to Merkley. Wrist shot from distance, tipped through. They score! A wrist shot from the right point. Then Steen Pashnik would go back to work for the Barracuda, skating straight to the top of the blue paint and backhanding in his second goal in as many nights to tie the game up at 2-2. Bergman will jam it below the end line, and now Zach Gallant back for Steen Pashnik, works his way into the backhand. He scores! Pashnik does it again, and the Barracuda have tied this game up at 2-2. Just 22 seconds later, after Pashnik's goal, Ivan Djokovic would notch his second goal in his last three games to give the Barracuda a 3-2 lead. 5.50 remaining in the second. Djokovic's shot! He scores! Djokovic gives the Barracuda a 3-2 lead! In the third, Evan Weinger would net the empty netter as San Jose would collect their third straight win, ending the season series with the Stars boasting a 4-2 record. Alexei Melnichuk allowed seven goals on Tuesday against the Stars, but responded with victories on both Friday and Saturday. When we come back, we'll be joined by the general manager of the Barracuda, Joe Will. This is Cuda Confidential. is the general manager Joe Will Show on the San Jose Barracuda Audio Network. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. We are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the San Jose Barracuda, Joe Will. Joe, first of all, thank you, as always, for taking some of your time. Uh, I know you're very busy, especially this time of year. But as we connect, we, we've been trying to connect at least once a month this season. I've really enjoyed these. But we had an opportunity to celebrate a really, really big milestone in your career. Earlier this month, you reached 500 games as general manager in the American Hockey League. You started back in 2014 with the Worcester Sharks. You were paramount in getting the club out to California. But 500 games, I'm sure it's flown by for you. But what did that mean to you to celebrate that milestone and, and get – to 500 games and celebrate it with a nice victory against the Henderson silver Knights. Yeah, that was really the the best part of it is, is, uh, you know, beating Henderson here at home uh, for that, that capped it off really nice, but uh, you know, it was a, it was a great gesture and just uh, reminded me of the, of the journey of uh, you know, uh, 
starting off with the Worcester Sharks and, and uh, you know, coming out and starting out the Barracuda. And I can't believe it's been 500 games uh, since that. I've been around a lot longer than that uh, in the organization, but, uh, you know, 500 games with the uh, uh, SCAHL general manager uh, means a lot. And I was uh, uh, really uh, uh, just honored to uh, be around that night. I got to ask you, you, you grew up in Minnesota. You told me at one point that you thought about working in baseball. I think at one, at one time you were working for the twins or were connected with the twins, but you end up taking a hockey career. You kind of work through the new wave of analytics back in the nineties. You joined the sharks in the nineties. Did you ever envision getting to that point in your career, being a general manager at the AHL level or even in the NHL? Was that always kind of your end goal or where did you see yourself? We celebrate 30 years this season with the sharks. You've been here since the start. Where did you see your career going or were you just taking it in stride as it progressed? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think I was taking it in stride. Uh, I didn't really have any set goals. I just always loved what I did. Um, you know, both when when I, I worked at baseball, I worked in football a little bit as an equipment manager. And, uh, uh, you know, in baseball, I worked in the business side uh, with, with uh, tickets and, and season and group sales and such. But, uh, uh, you know, when I got right into the um, – you know, scouting end of things in hockey quit early off, um, you know, doing things like, you know, some of the first things was building a scouting database, uh, was uh, uh, working with time on ice and doing some advanced analytics and things like that. I, I knew that was really a passion. And that kind of evolved and got me, uh, you know, deeper into hockey. And, uh, I, you know, I can't believe it. Uh, almost 31 years later, uh, you know, still doing it. So the trade deadline has come and gone. And every single year, it's always an interesting time of year because there's probably going to be some players coming in or maybe some players departing. So at times it can be kind of somber and almost sad because you say goodbye to some of your really good friends that you're around quite a bit. But three players end up departing. The organization adds draft capital in a very unique way, taking on some salaries as part of three team trades give us your overarching thoughts on the trade deadline and what the organization's philosophy was going into this trade deadline people are sellers or buyers and in this case you guys were you know kind of acquirers in the sense that you acquire draft capital yeah it's it's interesting you know we tried to stay on a on a parallel path um you know, throughout most of the month, we, we've been right in the NHL playoff race. And, and at the same time, you, you know, we know that, that we're trying to reset some, some capital in both in draft picks and prospects and things like that. So to try and find that balance of staying competitive and keep the team going, but at the same time building, uh, you know, we didn't, didn't take a lot away from the team, but yet uh, got some, some assets back. Uh, so we kind of, you know, picked a few opportunities uh, with the Dubnik trade that was really you know, as much to give the opportunity to uh, Corner and, and Melnichuk uh, and, and then get a, a pick to boot with it. So that worked out well. Uh, a couple of the other ones were, were pretty much just cap deals uh, to take on some you know, use some salary cap that we had built up, uh, uh, help some other teams out and get paid in in draft picks for it. And then uh, Barabana for uh, Suomela, that was just to take a take a look at a, a different player, um, you know, Barabana, who, who's got a different skill set and just to, to take a look at him down there. So we we're really pleased and, and we look at it kind of uh, an aggregate of last year's trade deadline and, and this year's, we almost kind of acquired enough picks for its own draft. If you look back last year, you know, we got a first for Goodrow, 
We got a second and third for Dylan. We got another third for Marlowe. Then this year, you know, we, we got uh, a fourth uh, and two fifths. So that's seven picks. That's the equivalent, you know, spread out in, in, in rounds. And so that's equivalent to another draft, uh, you know, along with uh, getting Magnus Krona, who's, uh, uh, you know, a strong uh, goaltending prospect at University of Denver and uh, Bear Bonoff. So, you know, and at the same time, keeping the core of the team in place and keeping the young players and it was you know there uh sadly you know, so a few players do go in there but at the end of the day the core was kept intact while you're talking about Barabanov, a player intriguing certainly in his mid-20s so you send Antti Suomela to Toronto another guy in his mid to late 20s and you bring another player back the other way from Toronto Olympic gold medalist with Team Russia. This guy has played in the Continental Hockey League. He's played in St. Petersburg. He has a connection to Kanishov and Melnichuk. Was there that connection that kind of brought some familiarity with him and why you guys thought he would be a nice player to add? Yeah, he he's a player that, you know, in watching uh, the highest levels of uh, international hockey, he was always one of the top scorers or or one of the, you know, MVP types or all tournament teams, you know, at not just at the the smaller tournaments, but like at the world championships and, you know, showed up in the Olympics and and everything like that. So, so Bear Bonoff's got really a, a really storied career in Russia and with the Russian national program, he came over to Toronto, I think, you know, in a, in a little bit of a log jam of similar players, um, you know, much like, you know, almost like a, what happened with, with Balsers, why, you know, uh, Ottawa ended up putting him on, on waivers because they had a little log jam of similar type players. And, and, uh, and that's where he ended up. And, and Bear Bonoff was, I think, available because of a, a little surplus of, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that they had. And, and we had some similar players uh, really love sumo, uh, but we have some similar players in Handemark and, and, and Truzy and some other guys there too. So, so it just was, was kind of an easy trade to make to, to take a look at a different player. Scott Reedy joined the Barracuda after the conclusion of his senior season at Minnesota, led the golden Gophers in goals the last couple of years. One of those members from the 2017 draft class. In fact, the last guy to join the organization from that draft class. So far, so good, though. He's got three goals in nine American Hockey League games. He's certainly been a physical factor. What have you thought of his game so far? I think he's getting better every game. You know, it's, it's an adjustment from the college game for, for many things. And, and the, the secondary adjustment is university of Minnesota plays on a, on a big sheet of ice, a wide sheet of ice. So, so it's just playing a smaller rank for him uh, doesn't have as much time. Uh, I mean, the big rank itself gives you time. College hockey gives you a little more time. You come into the AHL it's, it's uh, you know, been a little surprising for him, but yet he's, he's fit in well, um, you know, he's getting his timing up, everything on, and, and his, his hands right away are showing up. You know, he's had some, some clutch goals and made some great plays. I expect that to get better. And, and the, the other, uh, you know, interesting and kind of cool thing about uh, uh, Scott is, is that he was really uh, one of the youngest, if not the youngest uh, college senior this year. So, you know, he's, he's still a young, uh, I think he just turned 21 uh, for, uh, uh, so he's still really young. We're talking to Barracuda general manager, Joe Will. So let's shift gears quickly. Alexei Melnichuk, highly touted coming in as a free agent this offseason, but you've got Devin Dubnik as the second goaltender. With his departure, though, it bumps Yosef Kojanaj up to the NHL. We've seen him get into NHL action now, and it almost gives Melnichuk 
the net in the American Hockey League as that number one guy, knowing that he's going to be there at least down the final stretch. A tough outing on Tuesday, but he's bounced back with probably two of his best games on Friday and Saturday with wins against the Texas Stars. What have you thought of his development and how beneficial is it for him now knowing not only from, you know, a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, knowing kind of where he'll be down this final stretch and knowing that he's going to get a big opportunity to get some games in the American Hockey League under his belt. Well, that's just it, getting games. And I know it's uh, something that a phrase that I overuse quite a bit, but it's uh, uh, putting mileage on the odometer. You know, it's it's just getting more games, uh, getting that experience. Danny Sabrin and, and, and Nabby are working with him all the time on the things that he has to do here. Uh, you know, kind of figuring out here how far he has to come out to challenge, uh, you know, plays behind the goal line, uh, you know, the, the walls being a little closer in uh, just, just what they, what they do here versus uh, you know, uh, overseas uh, we do see his raw talent in in how you know he, he's quick as a cat and you know just uh, his athleticism and everything else we see all these things and it, and it's really promising and and it's more things that he just has to he has to get used to playing different situations and playing it a little bit different on this ice surface and 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 in this league and that just takes time you know you can't just tell somebody or it's not going to be a uh you know you tell them in two games later they're going to have it they have to they have to practice it they have to fail with it a little bit and then and then they'll come back and have success and they have to deal with those adversities and he's dealt with adversities and the good thing now is you know it's uh uh with with Dubnik going with the uh Kojinash has got his chance up top uh and that's still kind of kind of open uh uh, that position there, uh, Sachenko was signed and, and Sachenko's getting some NHL practices and, and that on the taxi squad. And then uh, Melnichuk's got the net here and Harvey's been uh, you know, really good at uh, uh, filling in and keeping everything, you know, very competitive here. So I think it, it just kind of, it, it was really a plus for all four guys. Speaking of Sachenko, you sign him, you basically rip up his AHL contract for the remainder of the year. You sign him to an additional year on an NHL deal. So he goes from an American League deal to an NHL deal. It gives you flexibility, putting him on the taxi squad and allowing for Melnichuk to be in the American Hockey League for the time being. But with Sachenko, you could have certainly just ripped up the remainder of his AHL deal, given him a bit of a bump in pay with an NHL contract and called called it a day, but you give him an extra year as well. So what was the thought process on that? Cause Zach had a tremendous rookie season last year as a guy who was up and down between the American hockey league and AHL. But why did you guys feel like, you know, he's certainly uh, warranted this contract and we see him as a valuable depth piece at the goalie spot in the organization. Well, you know what, uh, Zach uh, came in and his, his biggest thing, every once in a while, there's a goaltender to where, where you look at. And his biggest thing is he just wins. You know, Aaron Dell had a little bit of that too. You, 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 you look at the way he plays or you, maybe you, you look at his size or you look at this and that and you say like, uh, uh, you know, technically maybe he's not a, the same as this other goaltender here, but, but what he does is he just wins. You look at, at Sachenko, he's won at many levels. He, uh, and he's still very young. He's had, you know, uh, trending statistics that really, really show well for him, really well liked in the locker room, really competitive, really pushes his teammates. Um, uh, 
I always go back to Aaron Dell, and I think that's a great parallel, just in the sense that this is a guy who was maybe undervalued coming into the pro game, had to start in the CHL. I know for Sachenko has played in the ECHL, but a guy who, as you mentioned, has just won at every single level and found a way to get it done. Ryan Merkley, I know a lot of fans want to know about his progress being the Sharks' number one draft choice back in 2018. He's still very young, just 20 years of age, will not turn 21 until August. There's going to be some learning curves when it comes to a young player coming into the American Hockey League. It's the second hardest league in the in the entire world. But from my own perspective, from my own eyes, the last three games I have felt like have been Ryan's best by far this season. He seems like a more confident player. He's skating better. You know, the way he's carrying the pocket, walking guys is what we saw in junior. He sat out some games dealing with an injury, but um, since he's come back, he, he just seems like a more confident player. What have you thought of his development so far this year? You know, it's, it's, it's been good overall. He, um, you know, he had a upper body injury. Uh, we let it rest and and that really helped him. So when he came back, you know, he was, he was more ready to go and and you're right on the past uh, uh, three games, you know, it's, it, he, he's looked a lot better, I think, cause he's, cause he's felt better, but just, you know, kind of in uh, uh, sometimes when you have such a, a heavy pace of games and you're a young developing player, sometimes that, that little break helps you physically, mentally, you, you take a pause, you kind of reset. And so I, I think he feels better from the injury, but he's also reset a little bit and, you know, it, it's a up and down year. And, uh, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because he, he's so gifted. He's got so many things that we uh, expect and, and see that he can do that with, with Ryan, you know, he's going to, he's going to take chances. He's going to take risks uh, because he, he's gifted. You know, he's, he's blessed with those uh, ability to do things that others aren't. So uh, he's going to be scrutinized maybe a little more heavily. He's going to make some bigger mistakes at times and that's all good. That's, that's what the American league's about to have him do that that but for the most part you know he's he's uh uh Roy is very happy with him Roy loves working with him uh you know he he's he's still very very young uh you know he uh he's actually still qualified to play in junior hockey this year so uh you know that's how, that's how young he is and what he's what he's doing here is uh is is you know really uh uh you know, positive. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the year, this, this is gonna, he's, he's going to get a lot of, a lot of good miles under his belt and that's going to make him more ready for next year. I don't know exactly when he's going to be ready for the NHL, but he's, he's, he's going in the right direction. Joe, can't thank you enough for this. I really enjoyed every month. We've been able to catch up this season. Hopefully we can continue to do. I think fans enjoy the insight as well. And again, congratulations on 500 games. An awesome accomplishment. Uh, We certainly are proud of you. Happy we were able to get a win as well. But uh, thank you again for the time and I look forward to next month.